has the power. He who has the power has the gold. Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, here we are. We have finally taken the exit ramp from the road to WrestleMania. We it has come and gone. The biggest week in pro wrestling with like 65 hours of pro wrestling going on in New York City amongst many different promotions and many different brands of the WWE. I mean, including the Hall of Fame, Access, they had NXT, they had... New uh, Japan and Ring of Honor. G1, yeah, was at the Supercard, was at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I mean, Impact ran a show, WrestleCon, it was a lot. There's yes. there's too much to cover from all those events, but let's talk about the main event itself, which is WrestleMania, the thing that brings all of these other events into town. What are your thoughts on WrestleMania 35? Just briefly, we don't have to go match by match. Too fucking long. Well, yes, I agree 
100%. Patrick? Five and a half hours strictly just for the pay-per-view. If you include the pre-show, seven and a half hours. Oh my fucking lord. Yes, I. this was the first WrestleMania that I... Well, I turned off 32 because I didn't want to see Roman Reigns and Triple H. I turned that one off by choice. But this was the first one that I tapped out. I was the one to submit first. I went to bed and said fuck it wow. at 11 o'clock. I did, and, and you know how I feel. This is your passion. This yeah. is this is your love. This is yeah. your baby. Yeah. And yeah, you called it a night. I, I did. You man. just can't. Unfortunately, we talked about it a few weeks ago on one of the shows that I thought that the main event would not suffer from crowd fatigue, but guess what? It Dude, did. It, it did. did. I mean, because it's a long day. You know they opened that stadium up to let fans in at 3.30? So you were there for nine hours. Yeah. In a stadium where you yeah. can't where you, can, you can't just get up and leave the stadium to go yeah. have a snack. Yeah. So you're, you're paying those concession stand prices. Yeah. At, at a certain point, it's... You gotta go. And there's a lot of garbage on the card that could have been trimmed off. Now, I will say this about my thoughts on WrestleMania in general this year. I think this is the best WrestleMania they've had since 31. I think that... I agree. Uh, I, quick highlights. Shane and Miz stole the show, in my opinion. It was a great stunt. I mean, we knew that Shane was going to jump off of something. But not even... Uh, right. But not even just the stunt, though. I think, you know, with... With oh, Mr. Miz. Mr. Miz. is really the the MVP. And, and then, the you know, the whole thing with him getting laid out and, like, Miz coming to his rescue. And it was just really a great match. All the way around, a great match. A match that I put up there with Undertaker and Triple H at WrestleMania 17. Had a very similar spot. Very similar style, very similar spot. My match of the night would be Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan because, oh, yeah. and that just fell into their lap. Yeah, that's that they didn't have time to fuck up the story. And also, if Daniel you, Bryan did as much work to put Kofi over as Kofi did. Yes, you have to have a good dance partner. Yes, and just the emotion to see like Xavier Woods like tearing up when Kofi brings his kids in the ring and they hold up the belt. Like, yeah, even for a grown man like myself, like. I almost got emotional. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I shed a tear or two. It really, it was so emotional for me as well because, like, it, I'm telling you, I don't give a damn how fucking into wrestling you are. I don't care whether you are behind the scenes, whatever. If you did not pop as soon as that three count hit, you don't need to have anything to do with wrestling because I shot up out of my chair and was like, holy fuck, he did it. Finally. After 11 years, after busting his ass, being Mr. Royal Rumble, after putting on... Ladder matches. Yeah. Multi-man the workhorse of the company for a lot of years. Finally... Doesn't get injured a lot. No. Finally got his comeuppance and finally got his just due that he should have got a long time ago. And not to mention just the historical significance of only the second African... American champion in their history. Well, he was actually born in Africa, but... I he, think he's the first, actually, if you're not including The Rock. Well, you have to include The Rock. I mean, his his dad is an African-American. True, so I'll, but... But, yeah, a, an actual African. I mean, don't even... draw. You can drop the American part. I mean, he was born in Africa. I mean, yeah. this was... And so I saw a compilation clip of people of uh, African-Americans reacting to the win because... 
it felt like they won as well. Yeah. And so that, I think, also made it special. But it's it's a storyline that you and I have wanted for years, is the mid the hardworking mid-carter that never gets the chance. We always had him winning the Rumble and then going. Yeah, a little this different. was a variation of that, but it was still the story that we wanted to tell. Yeah. And they finally told it. Yeah. And it was brilliant. And, and, and it's simple. It's so, yeah, it's simple and the crowd ate it up. And it was just, it was the most anticipated match of the entire card. I truly believe that. Oh, yes. I think Kofi was even more over than uh, Becky Lynch. Yes. Yes. And uh, I'm with you. It was almost neck and neck between the two matches. It was a great match. And, and like I said, man, if you didn't pop, for him finally getting that three count because there were so many people saying, oh, well, they're not going to give it to him. Oh, well, if they do, they're just going to take it off of him on Raw the next night. Oh, well, you know, he he just, he doesn't have it. He does bullshit. He fucking proved every person wrong and then through Raw and SmackDown proved that he has what it takes to run with, have a decent run with this title. Well, they bait and switched us on Raw, which I'm really pissed off about, but anyway. <laughs> we'll um, get to that, right? Yeah, we'll get to that in a second, and why I'm so upset. I'm not going to watch Raw for a while. I've, I've got to I've got to back away from Raw. It pissed you off that bad? It made me that mad. I was just furious, and I was, even, and I was also mad at people on social media reacting to people that were critical of the, the fans that were throwing beach balls because they got fucked over, Patrick. Yeah. If you get fucked over, if you get bait yeah. and switched, and not even, it, I don't think a soul in there, and I didn't either at home thought, okay, we're actually going to unify the titles right yeah. now. We're going to have a fuck finish. Okay, that's fine. I accept that. I didn't want a tag match fucking Teddy Long style with the bar. Yeah. No one did. Right. And if you pay for a ticket, to go into a show, just like your argument with wearing the AEW merchandise, like, you have the right to wear a shirt, you have the right to throw a beach ball, because the company fucked you over. Like, they get what they deserve. And yeah, yeah, it's not fair to the wrestlers or whatever, because they're just doing what they're told, but fuck them. Like, no. Yeah. That was, this was not what to do on Monday night, on the Raw after WrestleMania, which is supposed to be one of the biggest Raws of the year. Yeah. You bait and switched into a terrible main event. Yes. And the numbers reflected that. It was down 25% from last year's Raw After Mania. So people people just dropped as the show went along. And the show was also terrible before the main event. So I'm just done with Raw right now. But to get back to WrestleMania for a few moments, I thought the Kurt Angle thing was very disappointing. Uh, I think they really... They, they fucked him over. I think that they fucked it up. They didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know how to juggle the they situation. Had, they had the answer. They had John Cena right there. Yeah. But what do they do with him? A com- another comedy segment with Elias for the second year in a row. Yeah. What a waste. And also, by the way, hypocritical John Cena wearing Yankee shit, Mr. Boston... Red Sox fan walking out there, Dr. Thugonomics with Yankee shit on. I don't mind him doing a comedy segment, but if he had done that and wrestled Kurt Angle, I would have been okay with that. Right. That was bullshit. It had that feeling because his first big Right. It's match, full circle. His first big match was the Doctor of Thugonomics against no, it was before. It, well, that, yeah, it was the prototype. That was ruthless aggression. Yeah, ruthless aggression prototype. But still, though, that that's that's what launched him into the Doctor of Thugonomics, and so it made sense to have 
if John's going to go back to that, to have that feel of taking you back to 2001 and it being, you know, the ruthless aggression era and it being that feel of they're not, you know, 2001, 2002, they're not there to fuck around. Like, it might be my last match, but I'm here to kick your ass and go out in style. But yet they serve him up to... Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, he's going to have a good match. He's going to go out on top. No, they fucking have him lose. His last match, they have him lose to Baron Corbin. Who's one of the worst wrestlers in the ring. Who that I've should ever be seen. fired as we speak because <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't given anything. Right. He has not stood He's out. He's not developed since we saw him at that NXT house show he in Nashville. He has not seen... He has not done anything other than... When he was doing the whole, you know... The constable. Yeah, and even then, man, what did he do except stand there and talk off of a cue card? I (laughs) mean, come on. He's not giving and deserving of what he's being paid. Yeah, Kurt deserved much better, I think. I do, too. And I feel like he he got screwed. And you talked about the length of the show. I don't think Batista and Triple H needed to go out there for 25 minutes. But we knew it was going to happen, because Triple H... Has to have a twenty-five minute match. It was no a, matter. What. It was a decent match for what it was, but it drugged. Well, and the outcome was predictable because he put that career stip in. Yeah, there. he's not going to take away his ability to wrestle. Like, no, so there was no anticipation like maybe Batista's going to win here. No, no, zero. And in fact, Batista then retired the very next day. So yeah. after tripping, getting in the ring, he had an Ultimo Dragon moment. So. Uh, <laughs> Some other highlights from WrestleMania. The Battle Royals were totally forgettable. Uh, they will continue to be a waste of time. Ronnie the Strowman. Braun, Braun Strowman. And uh, I think that was a terrible waste of him. Carmella. Nothing to re- really say about the Battle Royals. Also, if Rey Mysterio's hurt, why even send him out there to have a match with Joe? Why couldn't you have swapped him out with, like, John Cena? Or why yeah. couldn't you have swapped him out with... I don't know, Undertaker, who was on Raw the next night. Yeah. They they broke Undertaker's WrestleMania appearance streak, because he hadn't missed one since WrestleMania 2000. Yeah. And they broke that to just have him appear on Raw and interrupt Elias. Elias is getting all this great Dude, stuff. Elias is getting over just by getting his ass kicked by all these legendary people. Every week after week. Yeah. It just goes on forever. Yeah. He's the new Heath Slater. Yeah. Some of the matches could have been cut completely, but they did. They did give us pretty much everything we wanted. They had all the baby faces go over in their championship matches, which I had zero. What about the fucked up finish at the end of the night? It was fucked up because of Rhonda's hand was broken, so she couldn't get it into position for that crucifix. That was the planned finish, and I think that's real a really weak finish. Yeah. Because I think you want to get over whoever won, even right. if it was Charlotte. You want to get over whoever wins really strong. Right. And so I think you need to make Ronda Rousey tap out. Or pin her in a very with a very convincing a power solid, move. yeah, and that that's not just sneak away with a win. And the the ref, the ref who I was, I could be wrong on this, so bear with me. But I have heard through the grapevine that Vince pulled him to the side right after the show, discussed it with him. Everything went well. Then apparently the next night on Raw, Vince had done more thinking about it and ended up fining the referee for not. 
stopping stopping the count. count. And I don't blame him. I would I would have done the exact same thing if I was Vince because not only is that your main event, not only is it the fact that there is not a referee in this business that doesn't know. I don't give a damn if you don't kick out. I'm counting the three. I don't give a damn if the shoulder's not down. If it's not down, I'm not counting. That's their problem. You guys fucked up your finish. You got to figure out a way to come out of it. I'm not counting. And he went along with it, and he counted from from one the fact that her her shoulder was up, and it just it was very it was very it's controversial for what should have been a it should have been a defining moment yeah. for whoever won yeah it should have been a dominant victory yeah if you're trying to get Becky over as Stone Cold Steve Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't win a match with a crucifix yeah Stone Cold Steve Austin beats the shit out of you and wins. That's what happens. Yeah. And I loved, like, you know, Rhonda's entrance and Charlotte's helicopter entrance. Dude, and... just like Flair from Great American Bash. Yeah, so... Um, it was great. Yeah, it was really, really awesome. Uh, I r- loved all the pomp and circumstance. But it's sort of a blessing in disguise because now Rhonda has a storyline to come back to. Yeah. That she... she was never pinned. She has a broke hand. She did. She was one of the many injuries to come out of WrestleMania week as she broke her hand during the match, which uh, she probably had broken it many times in her uh, jiu-jitsu career and in MMA, so it's probably easy to break. Fighters break their hands quite easily because, I mean, that bone, when it regrows, it's not as strong as when it when it was right well if you listen to our post wrestlemania 33 show from two years ago i did it by myself i just recorded my thoughts about what we did over the weekend and went match by match but my main complaint was to get over these lights and the lights ruined that wrestlemania for me like i had a headache and like towards the end of the night i was in tears not only because i my head was hurting so much but camping world stadium didn't have like any all they had was diet pepsi left they didn't even have water and yeah. so like i was just i had a terrible headache i'm watching my hero the undertaker lose again yeah to roman reigns who i did not like at yeah. the time and uh i was just miserable and yeah. i had this blue light and we were up in the nosebleeds now we paid yeah. a good amount of money even to sit there we were 50 yard line and so what i was telling you before we went on the air today is that if they want to light the crowd i kind of get doing that to the people up there those cheapskates you know fuck them we're gonna hit them with light yeah now it's not fair to anybody to hit them they should not do this yeah but there, there were pictures from people sitting on the field at metlife stadium that paid probably thousands of dollars for those tickets and they're getting square in the light right just square in the face it's kind of funny because randy orton's original song was like burning in my light it was his light that was the first one the big gold thing yeah i don't know why they want to light the crowd this way because as long as you can see the crowd why do they don't have to be a color they started this shit many years ago i mean they've done it off and on but they really got committed to it uh, like a decade ago and yeah. they have just been doing it ever since and for whatever reason i think it's when they're in outdoor venues they just crank it up for whatever i guess because they think the light dissipates because there's not a well, roof it's gonna get dark and they don't want it to look like hey we're outside it's getting dark 
we gotta light this damn thing up like it's fucking but it's the crowd and yeah. I just don't think you need to hit yeah. them with big colored lights and just normal soft lighting yeah. I, I really hate fluorescent lights in general right. and I just don't like being blinded it ruined my Wrestlemania experience at 33 whereas at 30 when we were inside a dome it was beautiful and yeah. we had uh, not great seats there but we had they were actually pretty good seats in my opinion like we had a pretty good viewing angle but we were right. high up but no invasive lighting and yeah. and that was my favorite of the three that we've gone to that's my favorite one and well it was a great show overall but uh, yeah they've got to do something about this they're, they're going to end up getting sued they're going to end up getting issuing refunds they're going to lose a lot of money and they're going to lose fans too if they don't make it right with fans because why not just sit on my ass in the apartment or in the hotel where I can room see and watch it and just go and do everything else right and it's to that point that the fans are like fuck it I'm not going to put up with that I'm going to be there nine hours I'm going to be blind and I have why, to- why pay a grand a seat or whatever if I'm only going to get to see half of the show because I'm having to fight a lot it is dark outside, and people are bringing sunglasses in just to be able to watch the show. Yeah, that's crazy. That's literally what happened this year. Because of past history, that people came prepared. That is sad. Yeah, you shouldn't wear sunglasses at night. There, there's yeah. a song about that. And so, uh, but you talk about the fans getting fucked over. They also got fucked over on the way home after the show. Oh, yes, yes. The WWE did not coordinate very well with the New Jersey transit system, so the MetLife Stadium is not in New York. It's in New Jersey. The PATH train takes you into New York City, and that's where most of the people, I'm sure, booked to stay, because they could also do sightseeing. And when you go to New Jersey, you just go there to want to go to New York. New Jersey is just sort of off to the side. It's just... You can see it from the river, you know. Right. Sorry, from if you're from New Jersey, uh, it's a nice place, I'm sure. Uh, but so they didn't coordinate with the New Jersey Transit Authority, and so after a certain time, they reduce the number of trains that run routes. I mean, that just makes well, sense. It's the same as eighteen eighteen wheeler drivers or whatever. You can only work a set right they, number of hours in like a 24-hour period or 36-hour period to the point that, by law, you can't go anymore. Right, and also, yeah, they've you've got unions that, yeah. that say that you can't work a certain amount. And also, on a typical Sunday night at 12.30 or whenever it let out, 12.45, typically you're not going to have a lot of people needing that service. Well, and after, the crazy part about it is afterwards, you're looking at 1 a.m. before you truly actually step out of that arena. Oh, yeah. And so, 1 a.m. And it starts raining. Yeah. 1 a.m., these fans are out in the rain. So, they've been blinded. They've been in in a stadium for nine hours. They've been blinded. They got what they wanted out of the card, so they were probably, for the most part, okay. Kind of happy. Happy enough. But then, yeah, just like what happened when we left 33, transportation problems. Only this time, it's even worse. We ended up practically walking the entire way back. We walked about halfway back to our Airbnb before we actually got an Uber ride. Uh, yeah. Because it was surge pricing, and even then they had the street that we exited the arena was blocked off. So yeah. the traffic couldn't even... They, you couldn't be picked up. This year at MetLife Stadium, the, the trains 
there's not as many trains running as would be at like six o'clock at night. So all these people are waiting for their train in the rain. And so instead of doing that, they need an Uber ride. Well, guess what? Surge pricing happens when that when a lot of people need rides. So you're looking at an eighty or ninety dollar Uber ride now if you can get it and if you can wait for it just to get back. So yeah, the WWE really <laughs> fucked up. Uh, with their fans this year and uh, by not coordinating with the transit authority and they're not going to have this issue in Tampa because Tampa's very accessible yeah by, get, get in your car and just sit in traffic to leave yeah where you didn't you don't have that ability in New York if you rented a car in New York that's I mean you're still not moving anyway yeah. so there's no good solution but they could have tried to help make it better yeah yeah I mean wouldn't it have been great, like, if they showed up with, like, the Lex Express and started picking fans up and taking them back, just just Something. out of desperation? Something. But yeah. they're, not, they're not a company that does that, so. Yeah, it was just really, it was really bad. Sasha Banks threatening to quit. There's something going on with Sasha Banks. So they lost their women's tag titles at WrestleMania, and then she had a appearance on the Wendy Williams show, on Tuesday, I believe it was. It was either Monday or Tuesday. She was supposed to appear on this talk show, and she canceled it at the last minute. She also didn't show up for Raw, and she was supposed to fight Alexa Bliss on Raw, and she got swapped out for Bailey because she wasn't there. So there's something going on. Uh, I don't want to speculate, but she is married to someone that works for the company. And I would... She's posted cryptic notes that said like family stuff is going on like personal stuff so i'm thinking it's something to do with that that would be my assumption well a lot of rumors and some of it may actually be true that she was kind of number one pissed because she thought that they were going to have a long run with the titles well, they were very emotional when they won the belts. I mean, you can't fake that kind of emotion. Yeah. Uh, they have to be amazing actors to fake that kind of emotion. When they won those belts, it felt special to them. Yeah, they showed up in NXT and said, we'll take on all comers, and they were going to defend at house shows, and they were going to take, you know, go to the UK and defend it. They had, you know, they cut this promo about, yeah, they thought they were going to get a long run with this, this belt. And then losing, and then... Not only just losing, but losing to the Iconics. Who well, are... that was that was the second part of it, was she thought she thought that it was a little bit little bit of a slap in the face that it should have that it it should have gone to either like Nia Jax and Beth, Tamina Nia or Jax Beth Phoenix or, and or Beth Phoenix and Natalia. She thought that that was those are the better teams and she took it as a very serious slap in the face for the fact that you probably and I'm not trying to hurt feelings here so please bear with me but this is a true statement and uh, they're trying to get better but at the point in time they were the worst team in the match. They're not very good wrestlers, and it, that's just my opinion. They're not very good wrestlers. They're they're actually to me they are a throwback to divas. They are yeah. the new Bella twin. I don't think that they should have put the titles on them, especially this early on. Yeah, and to me, it just means that they've sort of give, a, already given up. Yeah, it's already like fuck it. It's, it's no a big, joke. Tie. It's just like the Raw or SmackDown tag belts. We're just gonna start swapping them every fucking week and to hell with it. Who cares? Yeah. 
And uh, I agree. And so it's very... If that rumor is, is true and she's upset about that, I don't blame her. Cause no. I, but I feel like that might just be fans projecting because right. uh, that's also my sentiment. I, she, would, I, I agree with her. She asked for her release. She was that upset. Well, she's allegedly asked for her and, release. Her and, and Bailey have apparently voiced that they want out. So, And uh, they were both told to take a couple of weeks... And well, tr- truly think about it. Sasha was. Uh, Bailey Bailey did wrestle on Raw, so right. she's still touring. Uh, but she was wrestling like a heel on Raw. She was there was a very violent uh buckle bomb she delivered to Alexa oh, Bliss, man. who had just come back. You know, this was her first singles match on Raw in quite some time and she was like, out for concussions. Right. And she know. took a buckle bomb to the a sunset flip buckle bomb to the second buckle, and it was very it was very Stiff, violent. Yeah. yeah, it was very violent, and not to mention when she threw her into the uh, the corner of the ring. That was, I really thought she seriously hurt her, hurt her ribs and back. Uh, just a very violent match, and it was odd to see Bailey wrestle that way because that's yeah, not her character, right? And I think that that kind of goes hand in hand with the being upset over the situation. It, and yeah, you she know. was booked to lose, yeah. so she was pissed off. Yeah, and so she was like, fuck it. And I don't think it was anything against Alexa. Right, yeah. It was just kind of, you know... If, she didn't go out there to hurt Alexa, but no. she was definitely wrestling in an aggressive she, she fashion. She went out there to prove a point, and it wasn't, it wasn't intended to Alexa, it was intended to backstage hands and things like that. Yeah, producers and agents. Right, but uh, you go into injuries again, like we discussed, AJ injuring his hip during WrestleMania. Yeah, flew right home to Georgia as soon as WrestleMania was done. Did not stick around for Raw or SmackDown. He was out of there. He, he went home to Gainesville. Yeah, Biggie Langston, Biggie torn his meniscus. Yeah, even though he was doing splits on Raw and SmackDown, so I'm not sure when this occurred or if this was a lingering thing that he finally just had had it looked at and they said this is what's going on. But yeah, well, they had that tag team gauntlet match just a few weeks ago, so he was active. Uh, it a- makes me wonder if he didn't tear it during that because <laughs> he hadn't been in the ring. He hadn't been in the ring since. So during that gauntlet match, it makes me wonder if he didn't. Well, they were able to hit up, up, down, down on Rowan during that. Brian match at WrestleMania. So. Yeah, but even then, man, I mean, it's WrestleMania. If you got to work hurt, you work hurt. Got to get that payday. So, um, but that's speculation. But also, uh, Nia Jax tearing both ACLs. So even if they had put the belts on Nia and Tamina, they would have had to vacate them. Yeah. So that only left you with one, two options to either let Sasha retain with Bailey or give it to Natalia and. Um, Beth Phoenix, who I I would have rather saw that both of them win. Truthfully. But I told you, Beth Phoenix does not want to be on the road defending these belts. And no, if, but I mean, if you're going to take them, if you're going to give them to somebody, I feel like that's a credible team for a quick ride till SummerSlam or something along those lines. Yeah, but if you want them at house shows and stuff, she's not going to do that. Sure. If they're really serious about these belts, which apparently they're not, because the Iconics have them, so who cares? What am I even talking about? Yeah. So. Yeah, they could have easily had them win it and just defend on TV at the pay-per-views. That's it. Yeah. Uh, the Hardy Boys on SmackDown win the tag titles. Now, the Hardy Boys have been in wrestling since they were 16. I mean, mm-hmm. being jobbers for WWE. 
Oh yeah, opening the doors. It's the king of the ring. I mean, they've now been raw tag title, raw tag. Title. They've had every tag belt there is. So now SmackDown, even from other promotions, they've had. I even think during the invasion, they might have had the WCW. They did. Tag belts, they I, did. I think they won them at a, at a Survivor Series. Yeah, they've had every tag belt in yeah. the universe, basically. So I mean, I put them up there now with the credibility of the Dudleys, or so you know, or the 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 uh, Road Warriors as a very credible tag team that they can their history backs up what they say that they are. They can say that they're one of the best in you know ever. Well, Matt's looked great since he's come back. Whatever he's been doing um, to get healthy, he looks fantastic yeah so because i thought his career was over a few months ago right uh when him and bray basically went out to with injuries at the same time i thought he was he was done yes um speaking of bray did you see the stupid chicken box thing is that what it is i don't know well i think it has something to do i was about to bring that up it's Uh, stupid on on raw it looks ridiculous the chicken box is it because you saw it on smackdown too Yes, it, they played the same clip of the chicken box. I'm one, that's what I call it. I'm wondering. It looks like a, a really bad if, dinosaur if, puppet. Yeah, it's a gobbly gooker. If he was like in a like a sauna too long and yeah. shrunk, that's what he kind of looks like to me. Yeah, but it, it has something to do with Bray. I I just see. I figured it was like a Luke Harper type deal. Maybe. Uh, maybe I'm. I'm. I. I could go. I don't want to see Bray anymore. They need to change his character or do something. Um, so, yeah, the stupid be, chicken box. It could be somebody to bring up from uh, NXT. Who knows? Well, yeah, the Superstar Shake-Up is happening. This will be published after it already happened, so it might be someone totally different. Right. So. The new statue is, is Rowdy Roddy Piper. If you have not seen this Piper statue, it is beautiful. Yeah, I, I thought it turned out nice. It is very... And somebody credible uh to to deserving of that um i actually i loved it it was great yeah if only they had a hall of fame to put that in yeah we could actually go see it instead of hopefully in access yeah titan towers uh, can go ahead and convert it hopefully in in stanford um it, it was just very well done now and uh i put it up there with uh with you know the flare when they introduced Flair's statue. It was just very beautifully done. Uh, we go back to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it turns out my idea of letting fans sit near the uh, Hall of Famers... Uh, bad that, idea. Uh, bad idea. Bad yeah, idea. You were right, Patrick. But like I said, if, they, if their security was good, they could... Well, first of all, here's my bitch, okay? Oh, well, it was awful to have the it setup. in the ring. The setup was terrible. Why not on the stage? The setup was terrible. Now, Bret Hart was attacked in the process of giving his speech by a piece of shit that I'm not going to mention his name because I'm not giving him his 15 minutes of fame, but you're more than welcome to. Uh, And if you don't want to, then fans can look it up because it's all, you know, some MMA motherfucker. And so... No, it wasn't an MMA guy. It was just a guy. I thought he had... He's had three fights in MMA. Oh, I I don't know. I didn't read into it that much. I didn't really care that much, honestly. I mean, I thought it was shocking when it happened. I thought it was hilarious when uh, fucking Dash Wilder punched him in the fucking face. And that's he should have got worse. 
He oh. got his ass handed to him, and he should have got worse. I hope he got his ass beat in jail, too. Well, yeah, his explanation for why he did it, that it just felt right. It was just bizarre. Yeah. And, uh, tackling a cancer survivor and a guy that's had a stroke. Out of all the people to tackle, you know, like, if you're going to run in and be an idiot, you hey, know, hey, like, why do you got to do that He's to in his 70s. 60s. Oh, he's in his 60s. All right. He's in his 60s. He's battled back from cancer. He's battled back from having what was considered a life-threatening stroke. Because he was, he would have been dead if they had not gotten to him as quick as they did. Uh, he, I mean, what is your fucking deal, dude? Like, what? Well, Bret Hart just doesn't have any luck, you know? Some people just have no, no luck. And, and the fact that it happened, and, you know, a friend of mine posted the picture of the dude on Facebook the very next day, and he said, this is the most hated man in wrestling today. And it was the mugshot of this asshole. And I believe that he is still the most hated man out there. Because if he shows his face at a wrestling show, I'm pretty sure he'll get his ass kicked by any wrestler. It was just very disrespectful. And had it been the set, had the fucking set been been, on the stage, been on the stage, one way off the stage, security stands there because cameras aren't watching, and you got to come out of the curtain from the back. Had it been on that 10 foot fucking stage, security would have got to this motherfucker. He would have never got up there. He would never have gotten up there. But for some ungodly fucking reason, we had to have a ring, a three sided rope ring, and we had to have it. It was cheap. It was cheap ass because it was fucking NXT's setup. Yeah. And instead of tearing it down and putting up the stage, well, we're oh, we'll just take one side of the ropes off and we'll just leave it. It was cheap. It was done bullshit wise. Well, what they typically do is even with that ring down there, they just disassemble the ring and put it up on the stage. Yeah. They just reuse the stage. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. Why? The only thing I can come up with is. This was in New York, and in New York, they can't set up their own rings. They can supervise, but union guys in New York have to set up the ring. And so you have to pay people to do it. And so instead of paying them to then remove the ring and set it back up, pay twice, you're right. They would just got cheap and said, well, we'll just do it in the ring. But they could have done it on the stage and kept the camera away from the ring entirely. Right. You don't want it to look like shit with the guardrails up. I get that. But you could have... Well, they had some guardrails. You could have extended the guardrails to the point that where the fans were sitting are still behind guardrails. There's so many ways that they could have prevented this from happening. This son of a bitch slides in, waist locks, and (laughs) takes down a 60-year-old something, 60-something-year-old man, and then not only does he do that, he lays a punch in on him. He punches Bret Hart straight in the square in the face before (laughs) Shane and before Ronda Rousey's husband are the first two to get in there. And Ronda Rousey's husband... Travis Brown. Travis Brown. I, I have the utmost respect for him because even after security got to him and police got to him, Travis was still chasing him all the way out of the damn ring or all the way out of the building. I have the utmost respect because not only did he go after him to subdue him, he went after him to fucking hurt him. And I 100% agree with what he did. And I 100%, he has earned my respect. (laughs) Well, 
And Travis Brown has a, a little shady history with uh, how he uh, got married to Rhonda and stuff. So really? No. Yeah, like he left his wife for Rhonda, basically. Really? Uh, so I'm not a fan of his character, so so to speak. But if he's going to beat up idiots, then that's fine. But there was so many ways to fucking prevent this from happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, a company on the level of WWE, to have that still occurring in 2019 with all the... I mean, that year you went to Survivor Series and, you know, it was like there was the bomb threat or whatever it was that... You know, we live in an age where it's scary and shit could... I mean, he could have had a knife or something, you know? like Yeah, when ISIS threatened to attack the Survivor Series in Atlanta that year, they had the FBI... And the CIA. And I... Bomb-sniffing dogs. Bomb-sniffing dogs. And they patted down and wanded every single person that came into that building. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go to that extreme. I'm not saying that at all. However, I am saying, how do you go from one extreme to three years later, this is happening? (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. At one of your premiere events, not just some random house show. Right. Yeah, and this isn't like Fastlane. This isn't like... I mean, it's, it's not access. No, it's not. It's not a normal everyday. I mean, think about this for a second. This guy could have had a pocket knife. He could have snuck in a knife or something along those lines. And this could have been much more serious than what it was. Same goes for access. You now need to start tightening up because fans are walking up to you. I mean, there was nobody. when w- The years we've gone to access, there's not a single fucking person... Yeah, you could walk up the exit ramp to where the meet and greets are happening and walk right up to them. Well, even if you wait in line and get up for an autograph and a picture with them, you could still stab them. Yeah, who knows? I mean, because they're not not checking for weapons or anything at Access either. We walked right in the door, dude. In Atlanta, we definitely just walked right in. And we did in New Orleans. We walked well, we had press passes there, so... Still, though, I mean, we walked square in, and there was just... I understand you want it to be Well, fun. you want to be fan-friendly. Yeah, you want to be fan-friendly, and you want to be fun. Kids, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you got to protect your people. They didn't do that. And this isn't even their people. This is a guest. This is a guy that's not... I mean, he has a yeah, legend. He has a legend. But, I mean, this man is... <laughs> Who's to say it wasn't Tori Wilson, the sh- you know, right before? What if that son of a bitch should not be like, hey, I thought it was a perfect moment, and he took down Tori Wilson? Or just anybody. I mean, or if he had, when he tackled Bret Hart, Bret Hart breaks his hip, goes to the hospital, dies from a broken yeah. hip, because old people, when they break their hips, like, they're, that's bad. Yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable that. All these big-ass wrestling men and Vince McMahon, Mr. Tough Guy, they couldn't figure out how to secure one event. Yeah. And that the guy got all the way into the ring and tackled him. It's it's like one thing if you jump, jump the barricade and they grab you right there. Yeah. But, like... It's another, also, he's running up an aisle. You can't tell me that there's not a son-of-a-bitch and fucking wrestler that is there. That he runs right by that goes, oh shit, and doesn't either A, stand up and try to grab him, or B, go right behind him. There probably weren't a lot of refs there, because you refs, you you know how to, that's part of your job. Oh, you come in, you come in the ring, I'm the first one kicking you upside the head. Still though, man, this- It's just crazy. It should not have happened, and this is on them. 
This oh, yeah. is straight. This is you can't say, oh, what's well, a crazy fan? No, this is on y'all because number one, either you went the cheap route or you didn't actually consider the safety of others or you just fucking didn't care. It's one of those three, and I still have yet to figure out which of the three. But the fact that it happened, and the fact that it wasn't even stopped before he got near the ring, or before he even attempted to get in the ring, he got all the way in and waist locked. <laughs> waist locked Bret Hart. Not even got in the ring and got stopped there. He got his hands on Bret and waist locked him and took him to the ground yeah. and then laid a punch in on him. That was crazy. It is, uh, like, I. how do you... It blows my mind. It literally... And had it been the regular stage, the 10-foot stage... Wouldn't have happened. Wouldn't have happened. Probably. Even if you didn't want it, the, the barricades there because you want to be friend, you know, fan-friendly and all that shit. There's one way off. The camera's not on it. Security stands there. You can't jump the 10-foot. I mean, you can try, but... Somebody's going to get your ass before you even make it to get up on the stage. Had you done that, none of this would have happened. I'm glad that everyone's okay. Yeah. Uh, Tori Wilson's dad, who was actually going to be the one. <laughs> it, well, I hate to laugh, but it's irony comes in many forms. And <laughs> Al Wilson... Don't go, don't go there, dude. ...was don't, killed don't. on WWE television many years ago. Yes. And was. then... We had it all anticipated, oh, this is the return we're going to get to see Al Wilson. And he was he was going to... He was going to be in attendance. Well, he was going to induct her from what I was... From the stories in which I have heard through the grapevine, was he was going to be the one in the ring inducting her. And, and he passed away a week before. And so then they called in, Tori called in a favor. No, it was like two days before. Yeah, I'm surprised she still showed up. And to Tori, Tor- yeah, that. But then Tori, who is actually, oh, she called in Stacy Keeb, who's actually very good friends with Stacy, and the last minute called a Stacy, and so the, we saw Stacy Keebler for the first time in oh, I I'm shocked long time. That, well, if she was still with George Clooney, we wouldn't be seeing her. But uh, yeah, we saw Stacy Keebler. That was, and I'm sure they pulled her aside and begged her to go in next year's Hall of Fame or whatever. Something like, like that. Or but, to be I in mean, the video game. Tori, Tori's really good friend. Like I said, Tori and her are really good friends even outside of wrestling and still to this day. And I'm pretty sure it was like, hey, you know, I got this problem. Okay, I'm there for you. But yeah, two days before the Hall of Fame, uh, Al Wilson, who actually truly is her father, uh, passed away. Uh, which is a horrific tragedy. And I'm shocked. Like you said, I'm shocked she showed up. No, it was just weird. The timing of it all was totally just weird. Tully Blanchard, when the, when the horseman went in, Tully Blanchard's dad passed away a week before. And he was still tore up and could barely get through his speech. I can't imagine only, what, 48 hours, not hardly even that. And uh, so it was very, it was a very heartfelt true difficult thing for her to go through and i i feel i i feel for her and the family big Cass and enzo jump the guardrail yeah signed uh to ring of honor deals which i just big 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 mistake <laughs> not so much with Cass, um because i think colin cassidy or i don't know his real name uh, at the moment it escapes me but he's acknowledged his mistakes that he made that got him 
fired, and he has learned from his mistakes, whereas Enzo is just an asshole. He and, doesn't give uh, a fuck. And even though what he was accused of turned out he was innocent of, uh, still does not change the fact that he is a complete asshole and has he has no respect for wrestling fans, uh, the industry. He really got in it to just... He, he was good on the mic. He's yeah. He he got in it. He he ran. It was a chance meeting in a gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just annoys the shit out of me, and so I just don't. I really hate that they signed. Well, the fact Enzo. that he went to try to make his rap career, and the first thing he's doing is knocking pro wrestlers and knocking pro wrestling fans, and now he's come back begging, crawling, like, oh no, I I need you, and. So he's well. He's a, a great heel character. He is, I and mean, you can say that he is. And I just because think, it's the heat is real. <laughs> it's it's a real hatred. I just think it truly is a uh, it's a mistake. And I'm with you. I think it's a mistake that's going to be one that follows Ring of Honor for a very long time, depending on however long they. The timing was bad too that they did this right after Bret Hart got jumped or whatever so it's like oh yes it's like just it was bad timing yes uh, very. to debut him like that but, yes oh yeah dark side of the ring I'm glad you wrote that down what, I, what is this it is a it is a new TV series it's on a channel called Viceland which I'm not sure if we get uh, but it's it profiles all these wrestlers. It's like a, I think it's only six episodes, but someone the Bruiser Brody one's online. You can see that one for free. Okay. Um, someone told me that the first episode last week was uh, the love triangle between Savage Luger and Elizabeth. Yes, yeah, so it was Macho it, Man and Liz was the and then Liz topic. is Liz is passing, and then this coming up is going to be the Montreal Screwjob this coming Wednesday. I didn't. I didn't know a single thing about it until I was told about it, and um, just this week alone, I'm I'm interested. I actually am very intrigued. I yeah, would like I, I want to check it out. I'm gonna have to find a way to view it because, yeah. like I said, you'll I have to find me a way to view it too because yeah. I don't think we get it. But the the Randy Savage one you sent me, I think that a clip from it, and it was people doing Macho Man's voice and. I mean, Lanny Poffo was a part of it, so it's not... It wasn't, I don't think, some kind of hit, hit job, you know, like, dissecting. I did. I do think it probably dived into some of Randy and Elizabeth's personal problems, but it, I don't think it did. I, I don't think, think it... I think it's a lot like Beyond the Mat. They're going to have Lanny say the good stuff, but then they're going to have... I don't think he would have participated in it if it was going to he portray would, Randy in a negative light. He probably wouldn't... He probably doesn't know. He oh probably, no! He he he! You, you think he saw the final cut before it aired? Because I'm not thinking yeah, he did. I, I definitely think we would have already seen a statement from him, like saying if it was, you know, a hit a hit job, you know, because he's very protective of his family's legacy. So, right. Uh, I don't think he would. I mean, he'll keep it real about Randy. He's there's a great article that I read a long time ago about how paranoid Randy was and he talked he talked openly about that about how had this huge gated thing and he wouldn't let anyone come to see him and he had you had to know the code word to even get into his house and he was like paranoid schizophrenic almost sounding like and so yeah. Lanny's talked about that in in other interviews so he does 
he keeps it real, but he's not going to let let you bury, you know, Macho yeah. Man. Yeah. Little side note: the seventy sixth birthday of Harley Race, and so uh, was during WrestleMania weekend. So we we want to mention that, especially since he is suffering and battling, you know, battling for his life, really. And so I definitely wanted to point that out. Uh, Unbreakable Michael Elkins is not re-signing with New Japan, and that came out at, right after the G One. Yeah, well, he's had some issues with uh, domestic violence allegations in the past, so it's been hard for him to find work. He was, he had a pretty good G1 tournament last year, but they haven't really used him a whole lot. But I don't know what his options are uh, stateside-wise. I don't really know that uh, who's going to bring him in. I don't know if Ring of Honor is going to bring him back. I mean, but if they're signing Enzo and Big Cass, then clearly they have no problem with uh, sketchy backgrounds or, you know, characters. So AEW? I don't think they want to do business with Michael Elgin. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, speaking of AEW, uh, so apparently at the Turner Upfronts, which is where broadcasters go to sell their upcoming shows. That's where the AEW announcement is going to be made about their TV deal. So it looks like they are going to be on either TBS or TNT or one of the Turner Networks. That so is huge. That is huge, if that's true. That, we'll is, that, that is almost a Monday Night Wars all over again. Well, what makes it good is that those two networks all the turner networks are available on streaming services so if you don't have cable if you're a cord cutter like myself you can get it like wgn is not available to cord cutters so this is going to be good for them that they have that exposure so we'll see we'll see what happens at the turner upfronts if that is actually the case yeah it's it's huge rvd signs with impact that came out this uh this weekend as well uh, what are your thoughts? You made a joke about Canada now is allowing marijuana. Yeah, it's legal in Canada. And so, so. Uh, he, RVD, you know, he just wrestles when he wants to, and he probably got a decent offer to do very light work. You know, they tape their episodes in bulk. So, yeah, I mean... He's still able to do indie shows. He's, uh... Yeah, I mean... His, his girlfriend's on WoW as well as going over and doing shows in India, and so... Yeah, it's it's an easy, easy buck for him. I mean, yeah. he just... At this point in his age and career, he can just kind of do what he wants when he wants. He's sort of like Jericho, where he can just kind of float around and do do whatever. Explore new new options every now and then. He did have a match with Sabu against uh, the Lucha Brothers over WrestleMania weekend. So, curious really? how that turned out. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that match, too, because Sabu... Uh, like we talked about in Extensive, Sabu's great, but... Man, age is really catching up with him fast. Yeah, so I'm curious to actually go back and try to find footage of that. Just injuries alone are really starting to tear him down and wear on him. We mentioned the AEW cable deal, and I see on your list there, FS1. Oh, it sounds awful, Patrick. They're going to do like a pre-show, like a panel show. So like how NFL has like NFL Today or whatever, they're going to have a panel show. And So not I, only is Fox doing SmackDown, on FS1, on their B channel, 
they're going to have a panel, a WWE panel show. And this panel is built up of who? I don't know who's going to be on the panel. I'm sure they'll use people that are already employed by Fox Sports and incorporate probably like a Jonathan Coachman or one of, or or Renee or something. Shawn Michaels for sure. Don't think so. Really? Shawn will be like a satellite interview Guess every now and then, type yeah. Of, they'll yeah. probably just have a camera set up at the performance center and they can just talk to them. But yeah, I <laughs> just hate panel shows that are run by this company. It's but I mean, think of go back and think. I about- hate the pre show panels, I hate that <laughs> talking smack was good. You know, why talking smack was good because it was unscripted. Maybe this will be. I doubt it, but let's hope for the best. It's going to be... Maybe it'll be like Legends Roundtable. Oh, no. No. This will keep kayfabe. This will... Oh, it's going to be so terrible, Patrick. And so I can't wait to see the first episode so we can talk about how terrible it is. And it starts, what, in October, right? With their, yes, with their SmackDown deal. So so we will get plenty, plenty of... Of new and upcoming episodes of WWE. Oh, there you can't get enough WWE. Mm-hmm. I mean, they needed more shows. They did. They did. They didn't have enough. Because 205 Live is about to go out the the shitter here. Well, so. I was kind of upset they put the belt on Tony Nese. I find him to be pretty boring, but... No, I think they're going to keep 205 Live. Really? Maybe it might end up on FS1. Who knows? The... Alright, so, in this day and age, inappropriate touching is a very serious topic, right or wrong. Well, that's correct. Yeah. And it, and it's it's coming it's coming out more and more serious on a daily basis. And so, what better way to inappropriately bring this to light except to have at access Joey Ryan allowing you to touch his dick it wasn't at Access. It was like at WrestleCon or something. Or not at Access. I'm sorry. Yeah, at WrestleCon. He's not a WWE employee. No, sorry. You can touch and hold Joey Ryan's dick in a picture with him for $50. But it was like above his Speedo. It's not like... You're, you're not actually... reaching down into Right, yeah, yeah. But yeah. still, though. Well, all I'm going to say is I'm never going to knock uh, wrestlers for doing what they have to do to make money. Like, a few years ago... Sonny uh, was taking pictures with fans in bed, and it looked very suggestive. Yeah. And But if there's someone that's willing to pay for it, and they can provide it, and the performer's okay with it, and it's not some boss, it's not Vince McMahon saying, Joey, you gotta get out there, let him touch your dick! Yeah. Uh, if it's their choice to do that, and they have to do that to make... They're carnies. They have to make money, and whatever means they do to do it, if there's someone willing to pay it, then... I have no issue with it. Like, it's not... Look, it's not my cup of tea. I'm not going to pay you to go touch your junk. But if someone is, go for it. Whatever. Like, I just... Any any kind of fan the, experience, whatever floats your boat, you the, know? But this is a new low for wrestling. This well, is a- Joey Ryan continues to be proud to set the bar for lows in wrestling. And... That's his thing. It's made him very famous. It's made him very rich. It's made him a household name in wrestling communities because without doing these things, Patrick, we would never talk about this person. And I'm wishing and hoping that he goes away. I don't see a problem with what he does. I really don't. Really? 
I don't, no. I, because... You don't find it to be offensive or spit it's in the not, face of tradition. It's not my thing. I don't really like comedy wrestlers in general. Right. I just... I didn't like Santino Morella right. and the Cobra. Right. I didn't like Eugene. I didn't like a lot of... I just don't like comedy wrestling. It's just not for me. Yeah. But if you like comedy wrestling and you like adult themed comedy wrestling then it's a novelty act it's not like he's not going he's not portraying himself as Arn Anderson you know he's not trying to present he knows he's a sle- he's the king of sleaze that's what he says and that's what he does and that's how he makes money and if it makes money and people enjoy it if certain if he can get people to enjoy it then fine i don't the matches he has aren't going to go down and hit, no one will ever remember you know, oh, the night Joey Ryan tore the house down. It's a sideshow act. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think wrestling itself, like I said, carnies. Like, to say that... But wrestling itself was built on a lie. Wrestling is built on swindle. Mm-hmm. It's a It's a magic trick. Yeah. So, in that regard, you can't really spit on something that's, like, in, like, sort of inauthentic anyway. Like, it's sort of an underhanded thing anyway. That'd be like saying, I do a magic trick where I make my dick disappear, or something, (laughs) and I'm a magician, and then a magician would come to me and say, you're spitting in the face of magicians. Now I'm gonna make this woman disappear. You know, like, so you're already dealing with a really strange industry anyway, so I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it really hurts... No one, anything Joey Ryan does does not diminish the legacy of Ric Flair, Harley Race. It doesn't. It does not change the greatness. No, of but that. It, it's it's a it's a low upon lows. It's like we still discuss Beyond the Mat. We still discuss this documentary because it showed some of the lows of low in wrestling. It's something that just shouldn't be looked at it shouldn't be discussed it shouldn't be brought to light and the fact that this man is making money by not wrestling by just selling his dick it whether it be in the ring whether it be at wrestlecon whatever it is the most disgusting disturbing lowest of lows that this sport of professional wrestling that I love has gotten. And I think that that is a very fair statement that you have to agree with me on. Because... Uh, I'm not going to agree with you on this one. Really? No, because yeah, they have to make money however they do. Sex sells. You've said it Take a yourself. picture with him. You don't have to be grabbing his I, dick. Well, right. I'm sure he offered that as well. I'm sure you could just say, hey, Joey, want it? picture i mean you don't have to grab his dick you can be a you can be a terrible wrestler and still do comedy the fact that he brings his dick in every match and brings so much spotlight to his dick is pisses me off i don't i just don't see i just don't see a problem in what he does because it's it's in that universe it's it's not my flavor because i don't like comedy wrestling but if people enjoy it, it's not hurting anybody. He's not tackling Bret Hart. It's fine. So keep on keeping on. Whatever you're doing, whatever wrestling gimmick you have, if you're making money, if you, this is a hard industry to make it in. It is. And if you gotta do, if you gotta do dick twirls, fine. You gotta do it because 
if he didn't do it, like I said, we no one would know about him. He wouldn't have any money. He'd be poor. So, whatever gets you over in whatever audience, whatever it takes to get you over to whatever audience you're trying to reach. Does he have go for Does it. he have no self-esteem? I guess that's No, I think he has of... a lot of self-esteem. And I think this is a character. I mean, he's he embraces he embraces it. He embraces the reaction that he gets from you and Jim Cornette and everyone, Jr. and people that bust his ball. He enjoy that. That brings him enjoyment because it, it it's his thing. So I can't knock anybody that's successful doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, when it comes to pro wrestling, you know, I could say like I think Elias is pretty stupid at what he does. Like all he does is insult sports teams. Strum a few notes, get choke slammed. But he's a, he is a very talented wrestler. He, no, he I, in the ring when so. the bell rings, he's not very good. You don't think so, really? No, and that's why they they've been doing what they've been doing with him is to hide the fact that he's not very good at wrestling yet. He he might get there because I mean he works house shows all the time. Um, right. That's not my thing. And but do I think that it doesn't insult pro the honky tonk man doesn't doesn't insult pro wrestling doing stupid comedy gimmicks just it's whatever whatever you gotta do man it's it's a tough industry and so if you gotta do dick flips you gotta do dick flips the um the the you say it's a tough industry there is a a sad part of this weekend that really come out uh vampiro is battling alzheimer's and he made it public Wow, that's crazy. He's a very young man. He uh, There's a video out there where he announces it, if you would like to find it. I have the video here on my phone if you would like to watch it. I'll post the clip in the in the podcast. Um, it is... Uh, he He's made it very clear that he is not going to end up with getting to the point that he does not know who he is. He is not going to end up with Parkinson's, which is the next step from Alzheimer's. Well, or you get like Louis Body or whatever. Uh, he he says he's he's going to beat it, and he says if he has to be the first one ever, then so be it. But that he is going to beat it, and um, wanted to take a quick second to say thank you for all the positive support and um, the messages that I'm receiving. Uh, I was I was always. I, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, it's tough times, but it's fucking awesome times. I mean, uh, I, I've got some serious trauma, brain trauma, from all the concussions, and uh, as I've written, uh, but it's not the same when you hear it and you see it, right? Uh, it was a serious situation. I had to leave Mexico. I think uh, I think I saved my life by, by coming here and getting into therapy. Uh but it's not the end of the world by any fucking means at all. I'm, I'm, I go to the gym f- f- three or four hours a day. My diet is super clean. Uh, I'm on the right medications. I'm in the right treatments. I'm going to be fine. Alzheimer's, I mean, you know, fuck it. It's just, a, it's, it's, it doesn't phase me at all. I'm, I'm awesome. I've got so many cool things to share with you, and every now and then I keep saying I got big announcements. I'm I'm, I'm fucking out of my mind because I have so many cool things to tell you, but I can't. When 
the powers that be give me green light, I will definitely do that, uh, share things with you. But yeah, man, it's all good. I appreciate the love. Uh, I ain't a quitter, and I'm not scared to fight the good fight. Um, I, I, I was I was raised in a small town in Canada, Thunder Bay, Ontario. I uh, grew up playing hockey. Um, noble people, noble hearts. You know what I mean. I've been in the fights I, I, my whole life, so this is this is nothing big, no big deal. Uh, it, it, it fucking drives me crazy that I'm aging, that my body doesn't work, that the arthritis is brutal. Uh, I go to the gym in the morning and I can't even, uh, you know, I pick up weights and I'm like, I'm, I have to look around because I'm embarrassed um, because they're, you know, they're 10 pounds, they're 5 pounds. I can't lift anymore. My, my shoulders, uh, the arthritis that I have in my upper body is so bad, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting through it, you know what I mean? It's no big deal. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to take a second to say thank you all. Um, there's fucking monstrously cool things about to go down. Uh, and that's it. Just, you know, thank you for the comments. Thank you for the love. Um, I don't want to be just like every other wrestler and just talk about my career or, uh, feuds I've had in the past and behind the scenes drama. I mean, fuck that. I'm alive and well. This is 2018, and we got shit to do tomorrow. Who cares what happened yesterday? Uh, yeah, and that's that. Look pretty fucking cool at Suntown, too, don't I? Uh, what else? That's it. Talk soon. Man, I mean, that's just, that was a huge blow because he's like, what, 50? Yeah, he's a very young man. I mean, to to have that diagnosis. I mean, yeah. it sort of reminds me like a few years ago. I mean, Pat Summit was only in her like sixties or whatever yeah. when she got it. Right. And Pat Summit, the Lady Vols coach, yeah, football it, team or basketball uh, team. Sorry. Yeah, the Lady Vols basketball coach, and from the day she announced it, she was only alive for about four more years. It's yeah. Crazy. Like, yeah. And there's. There's really nothing you can do to prevent it. It's just one of those things. It's what it killed my grandmother. One yeah. of them. Uh, well, they understand what works. It's plaques, plaque buildup in your brain that eventually. Could it be from concussions over the years? Is that what you're thinking? I mean, um, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just not sure because I think some of it is genetic too. Yeah. That you have a genetic predisposition to it. Like right. I'm afraid that my mom and my uncle, since my 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 grandmother, my great aunt, and my great uncle all had it. Yeah. So now I worry about my mom's side of the family. Right. Because it, you know, will it skip a generation or you know whatever? So yeah. Uh, I know that head trauma definitely contributes to memory loss problems, but I'm right. not sure that it contributes to Alzheimer's. But I'm not an expert. On, yeah, I'm not on either. That, so. I'm. I'm. But that's that's terrible. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. He it just come out this weekend and so uh it's on his facebook page if you'd like to look it up uh yeah you said you'd put it in here um i have you know i i'm blown away i just it's one of those that it leaves you lost for words uh to go forward you know vader's dvd come out after he passed and uh the dvd we were asked to be a part of and uh, but now an autobiography book 
from my knowledge, from what I have been told, it was something he started and his family finished. And so uh, I think it's very, it, uh, I think it'll be very good. And so I'm curious. Is it already out or? It's about to come out. Oh, okay. It's about to come out. I don't have a release date, but they have said within the month. Okay. So. Well, that's what happened with uh, Piper's final book is that he started it and then his family had to finish it. Yeah. So. Yeah, way to end on a down note Man, heading into the review. What? Damn, dude. I'm sorry, but <laughs> we just dealt with, you know, Bret Hart getting his fucking. No, I feel like check. we've got all this bad news here. I know. Shit. You know, the worst part is that I'm only having a damn pick for next week. I gotta pick one. Well, you've got time because we have to step back, Patrick. We have to step back now that we're out of WrestleMania. Well, there's always a pay-per-view after WrestleMania, and for many years it was always Backlash. Yes. And so I picked the Backlash coming off of WrestleMania X7. Many people consider WrestleMania X7 to be the quintessential WrestleMania. Greatest WrestleMania, right. yeah. So I wanted to see the show that followed it because a lot of stuff happened between WrestleMania and Backlash with Austin not only turning heel at Mania... But, but so much behind the scenes as well. New yes. talent. Oh, yes. Uh, the WCW guys were about to uh, start uh, invading the place. Also, Austin turning heel and joining forces with Hunter Hearst Helmsley, which yes. is just, in retrospect, is so crazy to me that they thought this was a good idea. It also reinforces the idea to me that Austin did not want to lose singles matches to Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm-hmm. Even though he lost one at that show before Mania uh, to the in the Three Stages of Hell. And no way out, he lost the Three Stages of Hell match to Hunter, but I don't think he ever wanted to drop a title to Hunter. And... So, if you can't beat him, join him, right? So, I'll just make him my crony, and I guess that would eventually lead to a split, and then he would have to fight Hunter. But would he lose to him? I don't know. We'll never know, because Hunter tore his quad not long after this, so the whole thing was derailed. So, this is uh, a really weird show, because they wouldn't be able to follow up on some of this stuff. The two-man power trip was very short-lived, Patrick. As we go back to the Rosemont Horizon, which was known as the Allstate Arena, it's April 29th, 2001. It's Backlash. We missed a couple heat matches. Jerry Lynn won his only WWF singles gold as he beat Crash Holly for the light heavyweight championship in 3 minutes and 37 seconds. They did show highlights of this during uh, the pay-per-view. And Lita defeated Molly Holly in 2 minutes and 40 seconds. The show opens, we get a promo about the two-man power trip. Who will have all the power, Patrick? Because tonight, all the gold, except, well, the European title, because fuck that belt. All the gold, except some, will be on the line in the main event. Who will have the power? The power trip or bod? We'll find out. JR and Paul Heyman welcome us. That's right, Paul Heyman, still announcing, would stay in this role until... After Survivor Series, when Jerry the King Lawler came back, but I loved this pairing, and I know JR hated it because he had someone equally as knowledgeable uh, sitting beside him instead of someone just making comedy. Uh, and also, he was just comfortable with King, you know? That's the pair. Yeah. And I think 
they probably had some bad blood from when they called WCW shows in the early 90s. So, JR not a big fan of uh, having Paul Heyman at his side, but I thought they made a great pair here. The Dudleys, complete with Spike. So all the Dudleys that the WWF had at the time come out. They're taking on... Oh, boy. Now you're dealing with the X-Factor. But they don't have their Uncle Cracker theme yet. The Dudleys destroy X-Factor and throw Spike into them as... This is Spike's bit. He gets thrown. He is a weapon. And he just gets he thrown. He is a weapon. He, he gets thrown everywhere. Yes. The Dudleys triple team just incredible before Albert tags in. Spike's acid drop is countered by Albert. Just incredible hits a sit-out powerbomb on Spike for a two-count. Devon and X-Pac both get hot tags. X-Pac does his karate shit to Devon. And then Albert takes back over. X-Factor gets the heat on Devon for a long time. They keep Devon in their corner. Albert hits a double underhook suplex to Devon. And Spike breaks up the pinfall. Bubba gets a hot tag he runs through X-Factor, delivers a sidewalk slam to X-Pac, and Albert misses Bubba and hits his own man, X-Pac. So X-Factor, you're fucking up. What's up to Just Incredible? Devon gets the tables, but is interrupted by Albert's boot. Bubba takes a double super kick from X-Pac Incredible, and X-Factor, off to the races, this awesome group gets the big win over the Dudley family. So there you go. What an opener. But don't worry, the Dudleys get all their heat back and they put X-Pac through a table with 3D, which uh, the crowd loved because no one likes Sean Waltman. What did you think of this opening match on Backlash? It's a good starter. Yeah, it was quick. Yeah. Uh, uh, Very fast paced. You got what you wanted. You saw a table break. That's all they really want. I enjoyed uh, seeing Just Incredible. In tights. It was weird yeah. to see him not in his jorts. But still finally getting to do a little bit of something that he's other than Juan Pablo Montoya. Aldo. Oh, whatever. Man of War. Aldo Montoya. Sorry. Yeah, they should have made him be Aldo Montoya again. <laughs> the Duchess of Queensberry greets William Regal. Kurt Angle is with Lillian. She asks him why he's calm heading into the ultimate submission match. Get out of here. I need to shine up my medals. On Heat, Jerry Lynn became light heavyweight champion. Rhino is here to take on Raven with all Raven's plunder for the hardcore title. Garbage can shot to the head of Raven. He knees Raven out of the ring with the garbage can. Rhino tries a leaping gore from the ring steps to Raven, but Raven moves out of the way. Raven takes Rhino out of the ring again. Another trash can lid shot to Raven. Then a sign shot for a two-count. A handicapped parking sign. Someone's going to be pissed about that. Rhino hits Raven with a shopping cart. Raven drop toe holds Rhino into the cart. Ouch. Raven hits multiple sign shots to Rhino that made a great cracking sound. Sounded great. Probably didn't hurt at all. He bulldogs Rhino for a two-count. Rhino goes for the shopping cart, but he drops it on himself after Raven jabs him with a garbage can. Raven runs over Rhino with the shopping cart. Rhino lands a sign shot followed by two trash can shots. He tries the gore, but Raven moves out of the way and he gores the shopping cart. He went through it. I Rhino it. fits in a shopping cart. So if you have ever seen, which I'm sure you have, you, well, you worked store. at a grocery store. So yeah, that was my on. first job was bagging groceries. Uh, when you when you put shopping carts together, the back of it lifts up. Well, he hits this and. It's the back lifts up, and he slides all the way into the shopping cart. Rhino, Somehow a massive fit. man, fit into the back of a shopping cart. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, the spot of the night, really. Yes. 
kitchen sink shots from Raven. Of course, everything but the kitchen sink. It only gets a two count, though. Rhino hits the gore. It connects the second time. He doesn't go into a shopping cart. And wins and retains the Hardcore Championship in this plunder match. Which was not very violent. This was comedy plunder match. And that's fine. You don't always have to have bloodbaths. And, uh, this was fine. This is stuff I'd rather see on Raw, though. I, I really don't want to pay money to see a garbage plunder match. Yeah. So, stuff like this, this is why WrestleMania is eight hours long. Is you know, <laughs> I mean, this is this pay-per-view could have been ten minutes shorter if they had just cut this. But yeah. It was cool seeing Rhino fit in a shopping cart. Paul Heyman and JRT's The Shane and Big Show match. Oh, boy. I can't wait to play you this promo of Shane reading Shane and the Beanstalk. One of the dumbest promos they ever shot with Shane McMahon. And this would come into play in his match, by the way. Kevin Kelly asks Stone Cold about losing the gold tonight. He says, he's not losing a damn thing. This interview's over. Thanks. The Duchess is with Coachman. Coachman wants to know the rules of the Duchess match. Regal cuts him off and says, get out of here. This goes back to the whole pissing in the tea thing with Jericho and Regal. They're still not done. This feud is still not over. Regal introduces the Duchess, who takes a seat on her throne. Jericho has photoshopped Regal to look like the Duchess. Nobody knows the rules of the match, so here we go, off to the races. Jericho lights Regal up with chops, elbow drop off the top rope. They brawl on the outside of the ring. Jericho misses a missile drop kick, and that slows him down. Regal works a chin lock as the Duchess looks on. Jericho fights out of it, hits a Frankensteiner to Regal out of the turnbuckle. More big chops to Regal, followed by a bulldog and a lion salt. Then the bell rings. Fink announces the time limit has expired for round one. So that's our first rule of this match, is that they're they're in rounds. So round two begins. Regal tries to steal a win instantly by just rolling Jericho up, but he kicks out at two. Regal hits a release German suplex and drops Jericho on his head. He puts Jericho in the Regal stretch, but Jericho gets to the ropes. Jericho puts Regal in the walls of Jericho, and Regal taps out. But then the Duchess says, oh, yeah, Fink announces you can't win by submission. No. So that's another rule we're learning as we go here. Jericho teases beating up the Duchess, but Regal grabs the scepter and hits Jericho. Then the Duchess decides it's a no-DQ match, so another rule change. Regal hits a double underhook suplex for a near fall. Jericho lands an Insiguri. He baseball slides Regal into the Duchess's crotch, which he reacted as if it smelled bad for some reason. Jericho then assaults the Duchess by putting her in the walls of Jericho, which gets a big pop. Regal then beats him down with a chair and wins the match. He did the Duchess proud. Where is Queensbury? West Yorkshire, England. It's on a high vantage point, and it has a population of 8,718 people. So there you go. All right. Regal leaves with the Duchess. What did you think of the Duchess of Queensbury match? It was a good gimmick match. Well, it certainly got Regal over as a dirty heel. Yes. Um, did Jericho no favors. No. They were really needing baby faces. I know Jericho likes to play a heel, but they are so low on baby faces at this time that it kind of sucks that he's stuck with Regal and not, and that Bod is challenging the two-man power trip. Because yeah. we need baby faces. We have no good guys. Yeah. Kind of a missed opportunity. Jericho would get his uh, big opportunity later in the year. But right now, um, 
stuck here in this program with Regal. This was Regal's best character, the power of the punch, evil uh, commissioner. Regal was uh, his best run yeah. in the company. Big Show is with Vince. Vince needs Big Show to beat Shane up. They have a really awkward handshake and a long evil laugh at the end of this. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm... he says he's going to beat the shit out of anybody whose last name is McMahon. But yet he shakes Vince McMahon's hand. It was just very weird. And it's a really long handshake. Like, you don't shake hands more than a couple of seconds. And they're like, they're just violently shaking hands and yeah. laughing evilly. For like 15, 20 seconds. It was very weird. Hey, Vince. You show me. Yeah. You ready for this task? Yeah. I'm ready. Now, just because he's my son... You're not going to hold back, are you? I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to let it fly. Let me put it another way. Because he is my son, you're not going to hold back, right? Exactly. This is last name's McMahon. I'm going to destroy him. I like that, show. I like that about you, show. So, let me just offer... congratulations (laughs) we both know I'm going to be the last man standing yes we do (laughs) now we get the hype video for the match of the night the reason I wanted to watch this pay-per-view a hype video for Benoit and Angle ultimate submission match as these two didn't have a program going into Wrestlemania until the Raw before Wrestlemania when Chris Benoit just said hey you're a good wrestler, I'm a good wrestler, let's fight. So it became about who's the best technical wrestler between these two, an Olympic gold medalist and a guy who uh, trained in the Heart Dungeon. Which one of these two real fighters is the best in the world? And at WrestleMania, Kurt snuck out with a win, pulling the tights. So we didn't find out then, so we needed a conclusion and this is what they were going to do. So a 30-minute Iron Man match, but only submissions. No pinfalls, no countouts. The ref did threaten DQs at certain times, mm-hmm. but um, didn't come into play. Angle is out first with his hair clinging on for dear life. I didn't realize how bald this man was going. I remember when he lost his hair in the hair versus hair match or whatever, and thinking to myself... He had plenty of hair. Why would he get rid of his hair? Like, he's just going to grow it back, right? But no, his hair was saying bye-bye. It was uh, very patchy. And he, and this is, like, just a few months earlier, it was a full, thick head of hair. So yeah. I don't know what happened between January and April, but he has lost all of his hair, basically. Angle talks about all the Chicago stars and how they suck. And he's going to make Benoit squeal like a pig, which I didn't want to see that. (laughs) If if you're familiar with film history, uh, you don't want to see that. That's a very iconic film moment, you might say. Oh, yes. Deliverance. What a family... Take your family to see Deliverance today. Family friendly. The clock starts. We're going 30 minutes, guys. 30 second breaks for every submission that is successful. You get a 30 second break. And they're going to need it. Especially Benoit. He was blown up in this match. They roll around on the ground looking for arm submissions. Angle double legs Benoit. They roll into the ropes. Angle takes Benoit down and goes after his ankle. Benoit briefly gets the crossface on and they roll into the ropes. 
Another double leg by Angle, and Benoit has to hustle to get to his feet. Angle single legs Benoit, but Benoit, he tries for a cross face, and Angle boots it. He says, fuck this, I'll just run around outside the ring. They wrestle on the outside of the ring, they counter waist locks on the outside. Benoit puts on the cross face, and Angle taps. But guess what? It didn't happen in the ring, so it doesn't matter. It's not a falls count. It's not a submissions count anywhere match. You have to do it in the ring. Angle grabs a chair. Mike Kyoto begs him to put it back down. And he does. What a nice heel here to actually listen to the ref. Angle sells his shoulder as Benoit wants to attack, but he was just goading him in and he hits a knee bar and a quick tap out. Benoit instantly tapped out, put over all these submissions strong, and Paul Heyman explained the strategy. You need to tap quickly because you have to keep going. Right. So the longer you fight it, it's better to just take the L and keep going. Which makes sense. Yes. It's perfectly explained by Paul Heyman. So he did a great job uh, explaining that. Benoit hits nasty chops and angle chop blocks Benoit's knees multiple times. Angle tries a third time, but Benoit puts a cross arm breaker on him. And so he gets his first tap out. So Angle taps out. It's one to one. Benoit goes back to big chops. He throws Angle into the ring post and works over his arm. He puts the arm breaker back on, but Angle makes it to the ropes. He hits a shoulder breaker, huge chops again, and Angle gets tossed sternum first into the post. Benoit shoves Kyoto for getting onto him, so Angle chair shots him. So Benoit caused his own distraction, which caused him to get hit by a chair. He's quickly put in the ankle lock, and Benoit taps immediately, so Angle is up 2-1 to one now. Angle puts Benoit in the crossface. How dare you, sir? And Benoit taps to his own move, and the crowd is irate as Angle goes up three to one. And you think this is just—he's not coming back from this. This is no, yeah. this is a beating. Angle drags Benoit under the ropes and delivers big forearms, belly to back, and Angle goes looking for the ankle lock again, but Benoit makes it to the ropes. Angle takes Benoit outside and slams him on the announce desk and brings him back in the ring. Benoit back body drops Angle out of the ring, throws him into the post, and chops the shit out of him. Benoit's knife-edge chops here were fucking vicious, man. Like, they looked like they could stop your heart. Angle whips Benoit into the steps. Ankle lock on the outside, and Benoit taps out, but doesn't count, guys. Didn't you not learn the first time? Angle goes for the arm breaker, but Benoit blocks it by locking his arms and rolling to the ropes. Angle puts Benoit on the abdominal stretch. Benoit counters out of it. He puts the cross arm breaker on Angle, but Angle gets to the ropes. Angle would spend most of this match by the ropes. Strategy. That way he could always break the holds. Benoit puts the sharpshooter on to a big pop from this Chicago crowd, but Angle gets the ropes. Benoit rolls through an Angle slam attempt and puts the Lion Tamer on Angle. And gets the tap. Kurt Angle taps to a lion tamer from Chris Benoit. Very weird combination here. It's now 3-2. to two. Angle's still with the lead. Angle just runs from Benoit to run the clock down. Benoit eventually catches him, chops him, slings him into the steps. Angle just runs away again. Running is a brilliant plan at this point. Yeah, just time. run out the clock. Yeah. He should have had a car waiting for him, a taxi. <laughs> Angle just runs away again. This time he catches Benoit coming into the ring and stomps him. Benoit is on the verge of gassing out here as... This really took a toll on him. Angle snaps suplexes Benoit. Angle dropped toe holds Benoit and wanted the ankle lock, but Benoit finds the ropes. Angle snaps suplexes Benoit on the ring mats. More big chops from Benoit. Angle stops it by raking the eyes of Benoit and slings Benoit into the guardrail. Benoit goes for like a surfboard, but Angle gets the ropes. Benoit tries a drop kick. Misses, Angle attempts a modified STF, and then he just changes it to a sleeper. Benoit cannot escape, and he's just trapped, but a Benoit jawbreaker breaks the hold. USA chance for 
Kurt Angle, I guess. Not for Canadian Crippler, Chris Benoit. I, I don't know, really. Angle gives a belly to belly to Benoit and then poses. He hits another one. Benoit tries his triple Germans, but Angle blocks the third one and looks for the ankle lock. Benoit rolls out of it and taps Angle out with an ankle lock, and it's all tied up. Benoit chop blocks Angle multiple times. Angle stays near the ropes. Benoit hits a German suplex, but Angle low blows Benoit. Slaps on the ankle lock, and Benoit gets to the ropes twice. A belly-to-back suplex, and the ankle lock again. But time runs out as Benoit taps out, but only after the bell has rung. So we end in a tie. Angle says, he tapped. I'm the winner. And he starts walking to the back. Mike Kyoto, though, goes over to the Fink. Oh, it's WrestleMania 12 all over again. And demands sudden death or a wrestling match. So uh, they will have one more round, an untimed round, first submission, it's over. Angle walks back to the ring and Benoit can't stand on his hurt ankle. A belly-to-belly throw and Benoit is writhing in pain. Angle sucks chance. Kurt uses a modified abdominal stretch, but Benoit rolls Kurt to the center of the ring he can't go anywhere, slaps on the crossface, and Angle taps out to a standing ovation for both of these wrestlers, and Benoit wins the ultimate submission match 4-3. to three. And what I thought was just an awesome match. It was one of the best matches you could probably ever see. Yeah, it's definitely amongst the best matches we've watched for this podcast. Yes. It's right up there. It is up there. It is outstanding and something that actually should stand out and go to show the credibility of Kurt Angle don't look at what he's done recently look at what he did to put him in the Hall of Fame oh yeah this was an amazing performance by both guys but especially Angle Angle did a lot of the work and like I said Benoit kind of gassed a little bit yeah but he's not an Olympic athlete I mean Kurt Angle is and Kurt is a machine. He oh, never yeah. He never gets tired of the And this was just uh, incredible. And it was uh, very nice to see Angle put Benoit over. Yeah. Because, like I said, they needed baby faces. So, yeah. uh, And technically, Angle, you know, never got a rematch for his belt that he lost to The Rock. So he has a claim. He could have been turned baby face here at the end of this match. Like, if they shook hands... Instantly, Kurt Angle's back to being a babyface. Right. Like, I think that they should have done something like that. But here we are in 2019, so I, can, <laughs> I guess I'll move on. Uh, but I love this match. This was yeah. match, match of the night. This is the only reason to watch this pay-per-view. Um, because what follows... Uh, well, there's one thing that follows that's kind of cool. But then the main event... Ugh. The main event stunk. <laughs> Bod is arguing backstage. You see, Kane is hurt. He's got like a staph infection on his elbow. Is that what something. it is, really? It looks like it. I don't know if it was a real injury or not. I thought it was just because they, they smashed it with the steps in a chair. Oh, okay. So it's just... I thought it was a work injury. But they have it covered so well that it actually I was starting to think it was a staph infection well it just looked like the way that Austin had his wrapped when he had a staph infection yeah and they let him wrestle it's just crazy but anyway he did a first blood match that's <sighs> a, <laughs> with a staph infection that that's the most disturbing part about that one Hunter somehow has a video feed of Bod arguing I don't know how he got this camera into their dressing room but he did so, him and Stephanie are sitting there having a good t- good time watching them argue. 
Steph is ready for Shane to get his ass beat. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck my brother. He sucks. Promo package recaps the Shane and Vince feud. Of course, Shane bought WCW. I own WCW. And, of course, he read Shane and the Beanstalk. Because, get it, he's facing a giant. This is great. So, I hope you incorporate the entire story. No, sucks. No, it's great. Come on. It's great. You need to incorporate it because it is... It's done so well. It's not enough that my son Shane flew down to Atlanta, Georgia, and literally right up from underneath my nose stole WCW from me. I now own WCW. It's the recruiting going on here behind the scenes. All right, and you know what? Congratulations. You just got your first WWF superstar in WCW. It still remains the fact that you have the potential to be the biggest, meanest, nastiest WWF champion of all time. Which way will you go, Show? Will you go with Shane O'Mac to WCW, or will you remain here? Big Show in his singlet phase is out first. Big Show gasses himself out by running the ropes before the match starts. I'm like, you idiot. Don't do that. Here Comes the Money, version 1.0. This is the original Here Comes the Money. This is the debut, the pay-per-view debut of Here Comes the Money. Bringing out Shane McMahon. He brought out the fairy tale book with him. Shane lights up Big Show with kendo stick shots. Then a fable book shot. That's right. He used a book as a weapon. A kid's book. Ouch. That must hurt. <laughs> Big Show tries a choke slam, but Shane Kendo sticks out of it. Shane beats Big Show down with three chair shots to the back and three to the head. Lovely. Shane then takes a page out of Giant Gonzalez's playbook from WrestleMania 9 and chloroforms Big Show. Yes. But Vince sees this and is pissed off. This is the last man standing match, by the way. So the goal is to just get your opponent to stay down for ten seconds. So what better way than to just drug them? 
Right. Uh, Vince runs in and chair shots his own son twice while the giant takes a nap. Big Show then hits a sidewalk slam to Shane after he he just wakes right back up. It's amazing because I mean Undertaker died from this. And yes. Was taken to the back, but Big Show yeah just needs a couple seconds. It's because he's a massive man. He's just. It's true. He's the Big Show. Well, he's the Big Show. Big nasty bastard. Big Show hits a sidewalk slam to Shane. Big Show hits his final cut finishing move. And then Show breaks his own count. He's fucking loses... Uh, he, why is he always booked to be an idiot? Always. Like, l- win the match and then choke slam Shane. No, no, no. I'll break the count and choke slam Shane. Then, again, he breaks the count at eight and this time puts Shane in a torture rack. Lex Luger and Giant Gonzalez tributes in the same match, guys. This is pretty amazing. Then Test runs in and beats down Big Show. Because Test and Shane are friends, you see, because they both hate her, his sister. Uh, Big Show throws Test out of the ring, and they brawl around the ring. Test hits Big Show with a sign, but Show blocks these sign shots. He takes Test to a red toolbox, and Shane catches up to them and smacks Big Show with a sign. Big Show then goes and grabs a lead pipe. It just happened to be backstage. You just never know when you need a pipe. Shane then climbs a set, you think, to get away. Right? Jack and the Beanstalk. He's well, climbing yes, to the get away, exactly. Big Show tries to follow him, but Tess stops him. Tess beats down Big Show, who lays out on a conveniently placed air filter box made out of wood, Patrick. It's odd that was there. And then Shane McMahon does the sign of the cross and does the Shane McMahon thing and flies through it had, the air. It had to have been 50 feet. It was very big air. It's yes. probably the most he's ever gotten. I think the Hell in the Cell was probably higher. Hell in the Cell is only 30. Dude, he was up there. He was on top of the Titan Tron. It was intense. <laughs> and they made good use of this footage as they replayed it about a thousand times throughout the rest of this broadcast. The camera didn't catch the actual impact, though. Like that's what No, he sucks. fell out of out of view. He, yeah. he fell so, so far. Both men are down. Then test. He gets creative. He swings the camera crane over, props Shane up on it so his feet are touching the ground, and Patrick, Mr. Referee... He's standing up! Okay, if you say so, Shane McMahon wins despite being unconscious, and then Tess carries his lover to the back, and that is how the match ends. And then we get 50 replays of Shane's dive. Oh, dude, man, that was an awesome, awesome moment. And he, like I said, he had to have been 40, 50 feet. It was a lot taller than the, the Hell in a Cell. It's not as scary as the one that he took on his back with Steve Blackman or whatever when he fell, oh, had to fall backwards. Man. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. At least he could see where he was going. He could, he could anticipate his fall. That was just a faith, you know, here I go. Somebody, yeah. hopefully, I'm going the right direction. Awesome spot. The match stunk. Big show stinks. <laughs> Test stinks. And Vince 
kind of stunk in this match. Like he <laughs> he cared so much about the match, he interfered for two seconds and then yes. went back to, to the back. Yes. Vince is backstage, pissed off that Shane won. Well, dummy, you you could go back out there. You know, you don't have to disappear. He fusses at Triple H and Steph. He says, "I only have one. I only have one son, and his name is Triple H." You know, I kind of think he actually kind of believes this. I do, too. I think Triple H is the preferred son. Yes, I truly do. Can you tell me what the hell that is? Dad, Dad, I don't know, but you got to calm down, okay? At least we've got the championship match tonight. All titles on the line. Austin and Triple H will not only be the Intercontinental and World Wrestling Federation champions, but they'll be the tag team champions as well. That I can assure you of. Well, I can assure you of one thing. As of this day forward, I only have one son. And his name is Triple H. Because if Shane had been like a bodybuilder type, I mean Shane's in good shape. Yeah. But he's not he's not He's not buff. Like right, yeah. Vince is all about being jacked. Yeah. And so Triple H comes along and oh, he's jacked. the son I never had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So And Shane's like Wiry. Shane's right. like, oh yeah. Shane's like MMA wiry. He's you know he's not bodybuilder. He's out there flexing and shit. He's but it's still it's great. Yeah. Oh my favorite. This is actually my favorite moment of the night. Steve Blackman eating dinner at WWF New York. A rare Steve Blackman promo, and I have to include it because it is just. You know what's fantastic. even more rare? Yeah, a Grandmaster Sex A promo. Yes, Grandmaster. Doing some rapping here. Yes! He's the doctor of thugonomics. That's right. What's going on, JR? I, I just, what were your, did you see what Shane just did? I sure did. You know, I have to say, Shane and I have had some problems in the past, but um, I never expected him to pull something off like he did tonight. I uh, never thought he'd even return to another hardcore match after the one that we had at SummerSlam. Took some real guts out there, and I was uh, impressed as hell. So hopefully the guy's all right. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Grandmaster oh, yeah. Oh, Let the Grandmaster break it down like this. You see what I'm saying, G? The Big Show is bad, and he thinks he's all whack, but he just got booyahed by Shane O'Brien. Oh yeah! That's what I'm talking about. Give me some, dog. Give me some. <laughs> he raps and wants a high five from Blackman, but Blackman doesn't do it. Okay. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your meal. We replay Shane's dive one more time before the European triple threat match with Matt Hardy, who beat Eddie Guerrero on SmackDown for this belt as Eddie was on his way out of the company because of some issues. Christian is out next, and then Latino Heat Eddie Guerrero out next, and Eddie looked inebriated. Stoned out of his fucking mind. Yes, he did not look like he was in the right state of mind, but... Stole. He did his job, so... And he did it well. Yeah, didn't fuck up. He's a Jake Roberts. He can yeah. be high as a motherfucker and still put on a great match. Eddie and Christian team up and just beat Matt's ass. Okay. Oh, they beat his ass. Christian then sneak attacks Eddie, ending their short-lived alliance. Eddie hits a nice Hurricane Rana from a pop-up powerbomb attempt from Christian. Chicago, of course, so you naturally have to do a Doomsday Device tribute. But Matt rolls out of the way of it. Tries a twist of fate, it gets blocked... Belly to back to Christian from Eddie, and all the competitors are down. Eddie gets thrown outside of the ring. Eddie drags Matt out, and Christian baseball slides into both of them. Matt hits a DDT to Christian off of, like, a cartwheel from the apron. It was 
really weird and quite impressive to see yeah. Matt Hardy doing that. Eddie just snap suplexes him into the ring and then hits a nasty brain buster uh, to Matt. Matt fights both Eddie and Christian off the buckle, delivers a high flying double clothesline from the top. Then Christian accidentally runs into Eddie. That takes him out. Matt Hardy hits a second rope leg drop to Eddie, but only gets a two count. Edge then runs down, spears Matt, who was outside of the ring, and Eddie shoves Christian out of the way and nearly sneaks away with the European title. But he doesn't, because Christian hits an unprettier to Eddie, and then Jeff Hardy shows up now. Nice timing. He hits a swanton that completely misses Christian, but Christian has to stumble around to sell it. It was so bizarre. So he hits a swanton to Christian, who was covering Eddie. Christian then... This causes him to stand up. That's right. A swanton causes him to stumble into a twist of fate from Matt. Yeah. Matt hits it and keeps his European title. So a bit weird of a finish, but... Yes. Um, really fast-paced match between these guys. They didn't have a lot of time. Uh, this was not a piss-break match. Um, it was better than that. Uh, it probably deserved a better placement on the card. I would have put, like, Rhino and Raven here, but I guess you can't do the big stunt into the garbage match. But uh really liked this match. It was fine. Uh, they had some faith in Matt Hardy here in I would have put the, the submission match at, uh, in this spot. I think the submission match should have been higher on the card. Probably should have been the main event, really. We replay Shane diving again. Up next is the two-man power trip versus Bod. All the titles on the line. Time to play the game. Hunter is out with Steph. Heel Austin is out to his disturbed theme. These guys are such good friends, they can't walk out together. And uh, his knee braces here in 2001 were getting enormous. Like yeah. His knee braces are growing at an uh, amazing rate here. Kane is out. And, of course, he doesn't walk out with his brother either. No. The big dog. Tonight, I noticed, man, you could really hear a lot of people calling spots, like especially yes. in, in the submission match because yes. the crowd was quiet because I yes. mean they're doing ground based stuff. Yeah. And in this main event, like, yeah, I mean it's basically we're you can hear spots being called almost every single move. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, the two man power trip don't want any part of Bod, so they just kind of walk away from him. Yeah, they're gonna leave. Kane's got a giant brace on his elbow like he's got a staph infection. They finally decide to chase down the two-man power trip. Punch kick, punch kick, punch kick. Hunter and Kane fight in the ring. Kane choke throws both Hunter and Austin. Hunter goes after Kane's injured arm, but Kane blocks him. Kane gets Hunter's high knee. Hunter just works over Kane's arm. That would be the theme of this match. Kane essentially has one arm. So he tags Taker in. Austin begs Taker for forgiveness, but but then the big dog takes over by Irish whipping Austin corner to corner. Austin extends his arm in friendship to Taker and gets a boot to the face. Kane wants in, but Taker won't tag him in because he's hurt. You're too hurt, brother. Austin just works over Kane's arm and he tags out again because Kane tagged himself in. Then Taker comes back into the match, hits old school to Hunter, a scoop slam to Austin, hits old school on Austin... Then, the power trip, walk up the ramp to leave again. Don't they realize, what would happen if they got counted out? Do they both lose their belts then? I'm still unsure about that. There's, no, if they get counted out, then the belts all stay the same. The way they explained it, though, is that Hunter, if you pin Hunter, you get his belt. You don't get both belts. No, you get both. 
No, they said no. No, they said, all titles on the line. You get both. So if well, we don't know because whoever pinned whoever pinned Triple H got the IC title and the other got the WWE title. Well, how would you determine that? Oh, you, you, I see. You have to pin the title you want, and then your partner just gets the, the gets scraps. The gets the other. Okay. Taker wants the last ride on Austin, but Hunter saves him, and they stomp a mud hole in Taker. The power trip just keep Taker in their corner and beat him down for ages. Hunter hits his knee face buster, but Taker counters it with a DDT. Taker doesn't want Kane to fight because he's so hurt, so Taker gets beaten down. Uh, oh, he sacrifices himself for his brother. Good psychology in that also is why you didn't see Austin in the ring that as much. You saw Triple H because of the world title. You know Why risk it? Yeah. yeah. Taker big boots Hunter and wants a double choke slam on the power trip, but they counter with a clothesline. Kane tags himself in. Big boot to Austin and Hunter. Kane runs wild for a while until Hunter hits him in the elbow. Austin tries a stunner, but Kane counters. Big boot again to Austin and Hunter. Austin wraps Kane's elbow over the ropes and stomps it. Hunter snaps Kane's arm over the ropes and he drops it to the floor. Jeez, I mean, these guys hate this guy's arm. Austin hits Kane's elbow with a chair. Hunter locks in a rest hold for a while before tagging Austin in. Austin just stomps the elbow. Kane goes for snake eyes but can't hit it, guess what, because of his arm. Kane breaks an arm bar from Hunter and goes for a tag, but Hunter rips him off the ring. Taker, that is. Kane then gets beaten down some more, as this was just get the heat on Kane forever. Kane stops it with a sidewalk slam. Pedigree that Kane sells on his knee. Lovely. Austin gets the tag for the cover. Nice of Hunter to do that for, hey, man, you can go pin him this time. Yeah. But Taker stops it. Taker chokeslams Austin. Steph argues with Earl, who shoves her down. Earl, turning face here. Kane covers Austin for a near fall. And if he had gotten it, he would have been world champ. Kane hits an insiguri to Hunter, who decks Earl. Kane then makes a tag, but Earl didn't see it because he got hit. Taker single-handedly beats the world champion and intercontinental champion just beats the shit out of them. Last ride to Hunter. He covers, but Earl, oh, he turns heel again. He didn't see the tag, so he will not count. The crowd is irate about this as they saw the tag. Taker and Austin brawl through the crowd. Stunner to Kane. Steph slides the tag belt to Hunter. He goes for a belt shot on Kane, but fails. He gets a boot to the face. Kane and Big Boots Stephanie to a huge pop. They love violence against women, especially <laughs> Stephanie. Mr. McMahon, though, he was not going to stand for this. He didn't care that Big Show got his ass kicked, but he no. was not going to let the two-man power trip, his real son, uh, get hurt out here, Triple H. His daughter just got kicked in the face. He right. didn't give a shit about that. No, he's got his son, Triple H, to protect. Yes, Mr. McMahon gives Hunter the old sledgehammer, who decks Kane in the arm with it, of course. Vince then wakes Earl up, get in there on count! And Earl, from outside the ring, just one, two, three. There you go. The two-man power trip have all the gold, except for the European title. So they have most of the gold, or the light heavyweight title. So they have most of the gold. Or the women's belt. So they have some of the gold. So there you go. They are tag champs, IC champ, and world champ. They have all the power. They are the best. They're in charge. They're running things. Get used to it. Get used to it for the next two weeks. Yep, until Hunter tears that quad. And uh, 
and we have to totally change everything we were planning. So, uh, I thought this main event stunk. Yeah, uh, it was way too much of it was bad. Punch kick, punch kick. It was bad. It was all get get heat on Kane, get heat on Kane. Punch his arm, punch his arm, punch his arm. If it was shorter, but this is a Triple H match, Patrick, so it needed to be 25 minutes of this, you know? If this was a 10-minute match, fine, no problems. The outcome, very predictable. You know that Kane is not walking out of there with the world title. You know that Taker is not walking out of there with the world title. Mm. So, I think it was pretty predictable. I don't think... If you bought this pay-per-view, you bought it for the submission match. You did not buy it for this. Oh, yeah. Event. The submission match should have been main event. And uh, this semi, and then the on and so forth. Um, Just no baby faces for these guys to feud with. No. And Taker, you can only... I mean, how many months can we go to Taker? You yeah. Know? And if Kane is babyface number two, oh, we're, we're in bad shape. Nothing against Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs, but... He's by this point he just was not salvageable as a b- big baby face, you know. Yeah. Like he he would need a lot of work to get there. So what did you think of Backlash from two thousand one? It had some high spots. So oh, it did a really high spot it had from some, Shane McMahon. Some high points, but it had a lot of low points too. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the the Shane spot is. I mean, you could watch just. That they should put that on the network. Just Shane falling from things. So I, you could watch like all of them in like two minutes. It's oh well, they have it in the collections. Oh, I don't want to see the whole match. <laughs> I just want to see the fall. Um, that's pretty cool. But I mean, it's 2019. We have seen Shane fall off everything, uh, except like 33 when he should have gone up to the that ring, that other ring up there, and jumped off. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck he'd go. I don't know there, how he's but... going to top. I mean, I don't know what the final jump is going to be, but it's got to be something. Oh, it's got to like... be massive. Yeah, he's got to, like, get one of those... Uh, Off a crane or something. Like a squirrel suit where he, like, flies in yeah. to the arena or something. Something. So... You know how awesome that would be, actually, if he could do that? How do you land in a ring? That's, that'd be difficult to land, though. I mean, he'd have to land on, like, the rampway or some shit. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and then he'd just get tackled by a fan, so it'd be, it'd be worthless anyway. Uh, the submission match is awesome. It is a great match. Kurt's ring awareness, his psychology about to stay near the ropes. Uh, when tap, to, tap quickly. When to fight dirty. Yeah. Like, everything about this match was just awesome, and I think Spot I on. think it was Kurt doing most of it. Uh, Chris Chris looked good in this match as well, and I would definitely go out of your way to see this match. But as far as the rest of the pay-per-view, uh, I'd go ahead and uh, skip skip-a-roo this one. Uh, I'd, I'd go back and watch the submission match, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, the main event stunk. I mean, a tag match as a main event is a really tough sell anyway, unless it's something special like Ronda Rousey's debut or something. So that's my thoughts on it, and uh, your closing thoughts. Uh... Shane Big Show I enjoyed. Let, let's go down the line here. Dudley's X Factor. It was what it was. It was decent. I enjoyed it. Rhino Raven thought it was great. Uh, Regal Y2J gimmick, but it just went way too fucking long, man. It just it after the second. Well, after the second one for a predictable outcome. Yeah, I after mean, the second one, I was out. I was out. I was like, I'm checking out. I'm done. Whatever. Uh, Benoit and Angle 
match of the night, hands down. Uh, Matt, Christian, Eddie, just didn't care for it. I, yeah, it, no, it, I wasn't into it. Yeah, I mean, those characters just the, were still, I mean, Edge and Christian were still, like, relatively... I mean, they had the big TLC match, like, but all those guys except Eddie needed a lot of character development. Yeah. So, it was just hard to get invested in. Yeah. Um, like I said, Big Show and Shane, I enjoyed that match. I loved it. Uh, Austin, Triple H, Kane, Taker. I I wasn't in, I wasn't invested. It didn't do a damn thing for me. No man, it's and I'm it's crazy. Yeah. I'm shocked. It didn't do a damn thing for me. I mean, three of the four, you know, sometimes in top ten lists of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah, and this just was. And Kane, not... Kane's of Kane's easily the top ten. Uh well, he's top twenty, I think. He's a solid hand, but you know, selling on his fucking knee, man. Him selling that everything on his fucking knee annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> it's how he's had a 30-year career or whatever, yeah. but, like, it looks so bad when you take a pedigree on, on your knee or whatever <laughs> you're doing, a stunner. He takes everything on his knee. <laughs> so, uh, so on our rating scale, Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where do you stack Backlash 2001? Uh, just incredible. Wow. You're dealing with an X Factor. I am. I'm going to give it a Steve Blackman. Wow. Okay. WWF New York. Having a meal. All right. Well, that was my pick for this week. Where will we be going shopping at the archive of WWE crap we're gonna next year? We're going to stick with WWE. Week. We're going to stick with WWE. It's going to be uh, probably one of the most historical attitude moments ever in history but that's not the reason i'm picking it believe it or not i'm picking it due to the situation with brett and also due to the fact of this submission match i want to go back to the dungeon it's in the i don't think it's in the actual it's in the actual house oh the match had been taped earlier in the Hart family dungeon okay so i don't remember this at all it is owen and who owen and shamrock it is shamrock okay with Dan Severn as guest referee. So we're going to go, due to the situation... It's only four minutes and 46 seconds. Still, though, due to the situation with uh, Brett and with the submission match that you picked, we're going to go to the Dungeon Hart family. Yes, we're going to the Hart family house with the legendary Dungeon, the one and only match that took place there. We're going to see Owen Hart in the basement taking on Ken Shamrock and Dan the Beast Severn is the special guest referee in a dungeon match at the Hart family house this yes. is awesome uh, with so many other matches um, it does have a historical moment that sticks out in the Attitude Era but that's not the reason I'm picking it believe it or not it is this dungeon match is phenomenal. Even though it is quick, it is great. So, yeah. Uh, next week, w- WWF fully loaded in your house from July 26, 1998 is next week's show. Anyway, <laughs> you can get a free trial, 30-day trial of Powerslam.tv. 
There are over 5,000 hours of content there. You can use the promo code Retro Wrestling, and we would appreciate that because that would mean they like us or something. We don't get actually paid for that, but you can enjoy <laughs> that. Okay. We work hand in hand with them, but they do have great. They have shoot interviews. They have documentaries. They have matches. They have shows. It's it, it has everything. And yeah, it's so, a ton. It's, it's a, a ton, ton of, of stuff. stuff. So check them out. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. I'm Intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my clothesline's clothesline. And bingo, bingo. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.